and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Hi, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. I don't know if anyone else is feeling this way, but summer seems to be flying by. Wasn't it just March yesterday? I have so many quilts I wanted to finish this summer, and some fall and Christmas projects I've been wanting to start on, so I need to make more time in my sewing space and get motivated. So if you're feeling a similar way, today's show may help you get started. We're talking about cleaning your workspace. A clean workspace gets you organized so that you can maximize your time sewing. Just what I need. We also have an exciting quilt along announcement and an interview with the amazing Christina Brinkerhoff of Center Street Quilts. And just a quick reminder, most of our staff is still working from home, so a lot of the podcast was recorded over the phone, uh, so the audio quality isn't perfect, but thanks for understanding. Now, let's dive in. Many times, being a quilter means you're surrounded by a mess. It could be fabric laying on the floor for an upcoming project, a pile of sewn pieces or blocks next to your sewing machine, or a drawer packed full of your favorite tools. But if you find that your workspaces are constantly unusable because of clutter, or that you're often losing tools or parts of projects because of the mess, it's time to clear your workspace. First, let's talk about the whys for cleaning your workspace. Hearing these benefits may help you get motivated to tackle this project. One, having a cluttered space can slow down progress on your projects. So you may have a hard time finding the right supplies, having the adequate space to cut or sew without pushing things out of the way, or even need to spend time clearing your space of a project before you can start on a new one. And let's be honest, we all want more time sewing, so a clear space can get you right to the fun part. Two, it may cost you money or fabric. If your space is too cluttered, you may misplace your favorite sewing supplies or even some small sewn pieces for a project. If you do, you may have to buy new tools to replace the missing ones or sew extra pieces for a project. I know there have been a few times where I've sworn I've got all the pieces for a project, but can't find some of them because they've gotten mixed up with other piles of fabric I have laying on my cutting table. And then months later, I found the pieces, but I've already recut everything and wasted the fabric. Three, it can block your creativity. So think of your workspace as a blank canvas. When it's clean, the possibilities are endless, But when it's full of in-progress projects, a stack of quilting books, or yesterday's tea mug, it's hard to see the canvas with a fresh eye. Clearing your workspace doesn't have to take too much time or be complicated, though. I promise. (laughs) Let me share a trick that I've been doing in my own sewing space 
For a few years now, that has really changed the way I feel about my sewing room. After each sewing session, I take just a quick two minutes to pick up my space. I do things like put tools away so I can easily find them the next time I work on a project. I stack fabrics or sewn pieces neatly in piles and place them somewhere off to the side of my cutting or ironing surface. I may even take a minute to wind a new bobbin or do a quick machine or cutting board clean so I keep all my tools in peak condition. I'm not doing anything crazy or spending a large amount of time picking up. I want my work and progress to be handy and ready to go next time, but this quick cleanup of the space allows me more freedom to switch back and forth between projects, and I always know where my supplies are. Now, if I completely finish a project or I plan to put a project away for a longer amount of time, I may do a little bit more of an in-depth clean. So I'll vacuum the room of all the fuzz and threads. Uh, I may switch out my machine needles and my rotary cutter blades. Um, I'll put all my leftover fabrics or scraps where they belong. And then I'll store any specialty supplies that I don't use frequently back in storage. So it's not taking up that prime real estate on my workspace. So this simple trick just has really made my sewing space feel more welcome each time I walk into it kind of instead of that dreadful feeling you get when things are a mess. And it's really helped me maximize my time and my space so that I can savor my time working on a project instead of feeling frazzled. Each workspace is so personal and every person has different needs, but I did want to share some ideas for easy ways to store tools on your workspace so that you can easily clear your space when you need to. So I asked some of my coworkers how they keep their spaces clear of clutter, and I wanted to share their ideas with you. Allison uses all clear containers to store her supplies so that she can easily see what she has and know where to put things away. So she uses clear jars to hold her smallest items like pins and wonder clips, and then larger clear plastic bins for her fabric scraps. If you can't see what's inside your storage containers, it's harder to put things back where they belong and you may end up just keeping things out on your workspace. And these containers make it really easy to carry your tools from storage to your workspace when you need them. Elizabeth had the idea to use a pegboard next to her workspace. The hooks and clips for the pegboard allow her to hang her most used tools, the pattern she's working on, and even some in-progress blocks next to her space. And because the pegboard is on the wall, things are off her workspace, but still really easily accessible when she needs them. Jody has the great idea to use a plastic or metal file sorter that has multiple compartments to hold things like acrylic rulers, books and patterns, die cutting templates, fusibles are interfacing, and other supplies that can sometimes be hard to store. It can easily switch the tools and the file sorter for whatever projects you're currently working on, so you can always have those things right on hand. So Allison, Elizabeth, Jody, and I all filmed a little video with our storage ideas 
uh, so that you can see them. We know it's really hard to visualize these things, so visit our show notes and we'll put the links to the videos there. So we're so excited to share all these tips about uh, cleaning up your workspace because this week's Sweet Quilty Home Challenge is to clean your workspace. <laughs> so for those who don't know, our Sweet Quilty Home Challenge is something we're hosting on the podcast and social media. This challenge lasts for 10 weeks this summer. It started on July 6th and it goes until September 13th. This program focuses on creating your best home, a beautiful place to relax and be creative. So each week we're issuing a challenge, just one small step you can take throughout the week to brighten your home and set your space up for sewing success. So if you're participating, you can use the hashtag SweetQuiltyHome on Instagram, and you can also visit our show notes for a link to the Sweet Quilty Home page on our website, where we list all the details of each week's challenge and a lot of really helpful content and videos and patterns to get you started. So all of our podcast episodes during these 10 weeks coordinate with the week's challenge, so keep listening in. We're going to take a quick ad break, but hang tight. We'll be back to introduce our new quilt along and share an interview with Christina Brinkerhoff of Center Street Quilts. Welcome back. Now I'm here with Joanna Bergerino, the editor of Quilts and More, who has some exciting news to share. That's right, Lindsay. I do have exciting news. It's time for the next Quilts and More quilt along and for the first time, it's a seasonal quilt. Designed by Christina Brinkerhoff of Center Street Quilts, the patterned pumpkin picking is a sampler quilt that can be customized to be either a Halloween or fall throw. The quilt along starts on August 17th and it goes until October 12th, meaning you can have a finished quilt right in time for the fall holiday season. You can get the pattern in the fall 2020 issue of Quilts and More, which is on newsstands July 31st. It's a really fun pattern. We have a great online community that can connect you with others, even, you know, while social distancing and being safe. And it's just so much fun to get started on that I actually cheated and already made a few of my blocks. So join me and a bunch of other quilters. It's going to be a really great experience. And the quilt is just amazing. I think you're going to really love it. Thanks for sharing, Joanna. You can visit our show notes for more details about the quilt along. I don't have a fall or Halloween quilt yet, so I'm definitely going to join in. I'm going to hand it back to Joanna now, who's interviewing the designer of the quilt along so we can hear more about her inspiration. Hey, it's Joanna, and I am back to chat with Christina Brinkerhoff of Center Street Quilts, who is also the designer of our Quilts and More Quilt Along quilt. So, Christina, since some of our readers don't know you yet, uh, can you give us a little background about your life as a quilter? Yeah, so as I was growing up, I grew up around a lot of people that were quilters and sewers. My mom sewed almost all my clothes when I was little, and both of my grand grandmothers were quilters. And so I just kind of grew up around it. And one summer, um, I was probably like between eighth and ninth grade, I was just really bored. And so I asked my mom if she'd help me sew a quilt that summer. So we did a fun little pinwheel quilt. I picked out a 30s repro prints and it's still a favorite of mine. And so oh, that just kind of got me started. 
Um, I quilted off and on over the years. And then after I got married and had kids, I really kind of got back into it and started doing a lot. That's great. That's still a favorite of yours. I know for a lot of quilters, the first one is the one where they're like, what was I thinking? <laughs> I know. I was glad that my like 13 year old self had good, ch good taste in fabric and like a nice, simple design. So. <laughs> it's hard to go wrong with pinwheels. <laughs> right. <laughs> now you and your family recently moved from Utah to Alaska. That's a big change. So uh, what prompted the move and how did it all go? Were there any surprises? So my husband loved his job in Utah, but it was really busy and hectic. Like it was just a stressful schedule. So we kind of decided it was time for a change. And we thought, well, if we're going to move, like let's really move. And so we kind of looked at a few places and this just seemed like a good fit. So we've been here for about a month now and uh, he hasn't had to start work yet. So that's been really nice. We've been able to explore. Um, we did have one of our kids test positive for coronavirus upon arrival. Oh, so no. that was a big surprise. <laughs> it turns out she never got sick. None of us got sick. We were all asymptomatic at least. And so, um, so that was a big surprise, but we're, you know, getting used to things now. We're off quarantine and enjoying our time here. There is even a quilt shop in town. So that is a huge bonus. <laughs> oh, that's great. You gotta love your local quilt shops. So Yep, exactly. I'm glad to hear you're all healthy though. <laughs> yes. Um, and what is your favorite part about your new home besides the quilt shop? Well, you know, we have a rental right now and we are right on the water. So you definitely can't beat just looking out at the ocean every day. <laughs> I don't know that our permanent home will be on the water. So we're trying to take uh, full advantage of it while we are here. It's so great to be on the water in the summer too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so talking a little bit about your designs, I've always loved your seasonal designs and patterns that you share on social media. Um, and then, of course, you also sell patterns. Last year, you designed a turkey pillow for Quilt Some More called Gobble It Up. That is one of my personal favorite seasonal projects. I'm actually working on several. I hope my mom doesn't hear this because one's for her. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite part about uh, designing seasonal quilts? And then when you're doing a seasonal quilt, do you prefer larger quilts or smaller projects and why? So I really do love doing seasonal designs because I feel like it's so fun to turn kind of like an emblem or some kind of symbol of the season into a quilt block. It's just, there's just something so satisfying about like with my turkey one, figure out like, how am I going to design a turkey with right angles and, you know, the, <laughs> the simplified shapes that you can do with quilting. So that is just really gratifying to me. I love it. Um, and I would say I do love making quilts, but honestly, my favorite seasonal project to make are pillow covers. And I think because they are smaller projects, you can usually do them a lot faster and they store easily. And it's just fun to switch them out for seasons. So I am a huge fan of making pillow covers for seasonal projects. Oh, me too. Um, and does it depend on the holiday? Do you usually sew more for one holiday than another? You know, like the fall and winter holidays definitely have an overabundance of projects, but I do try to throw in like 4th of July or Valentine's Day here or there, but definitely fall and Christmas are kind of my favorites. I think they're favorites for a lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the previous segment, I got to introduce our readers to your pumpkin picking quilt, which is going to be in the fall 2020 issue of Quilts and More. Um, and it's not only our quilt along for the year, but our first seasonal quilt along quilt. Um, what inspired you when you were designing it? 
So as I was designing it, again, I kind of thought about what are traditional shapes that we use in fall, like acorns, leaves, sometimes cats for Halloween. And so I kind of just started to get an idea of what do I want to include in here? I, I, when I start, I usually use graph paper and just start to sketch different shapes, what will work, what won't. Some shapes are a lot easier to do. Um, so that kind of was what inspired me to go right off the bat. Um, what do I want to, what would I want to quilt up and what is interesting enough to look at the eye, but still simple enough to be able to piece together. So that makes sense. Cause it has to look, it has to be simple enough to piece. So, yeah. <laughs> um, now our readers haven't seen it yet, but there are small blocks in pumpkin picking that Used, are used as the centers of larger star blocks. So it's really fun to customize and change up the look. I've been playing around with swapping in different small blocks myself, and it really changes how the quilt looks. So what made you come up with that idea? And then of the five small blocks, um, which since people haven't seen it, are a nine patch star, a leaf, a pumpkin, an acorn, and a cat. Uh, do you have a favorite of those five? So um, as I was, again, as I was designing it, I kind of came up with different kind of focal points, but I didn't want um, readers to have like, be overwhelmed with the yes. options. Like, great, now I have to pick out 12 different blocks to stick in here. So I have most of the quilt is just kind of static. Like I have these big pumpkins and then inside of star blocks, you can switch those out or I put a border of leaves. And if you don't happen to like the leaves, you can switch those out. But it really kind of gives you a few options here and there to mix and match according to your preferences. Or like if you really like the cat, you can switch out the cat and have it be more Halloween instead of just generic fall. So that was kind of my going off point. I wanted a few different choices, but not so many that it was just overwhelming for someone to pick it up and say, well, I don't really know where to go from here. And if I had a favorite, you know, I really love the nine patch star blocks that mm -hmm. I have, even though they're not <laughs> fall specific, mm -hmm. I, they were just so fun, fun to piece. I also really like doing the leaf block. It's just a traditional maple leaf block, but at five inches, like it just finishes so cute. Everything is mm -hmm. cuter in miniature. So <laughs> it really those is. would probably be my favorite to put together. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I also wanted to briefly chat about fabric choice. So this is something our readers and listeners ask us about a lot. Um, there's always that concern that they won't like it when it's finished. So do you have any advice for picking fabric when working on seasonal projects? Um, and that includes color and scale. Yeah, so I have a tendency to go towards basics all the time, like blenders, basics, low volumes, just because they're so versatile. Mm -hmm. But I realize that, you know, it's good to have a good variety. So I really try to encourage myself to go pick out kind of larger scale prints sometimes. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're not comfortable with kind of mixing and matching things from your stash, pre-cuts are a great way to go. Um, if you have a fabric line that you absolutely love, you can just buy a fat quarter bundle. And then that's a great starting off point. Um, or charm squares. I love to buy those because then you get a wide variety and it helps me have things in my stash that maybe I wouldn't normally just pick off for yardage, but that can be great to add to projects. That's great advice. It's a good way to expand without having to commit to lots. Exactly. Of it. <laughs> and the designers have already done all the hard work for you. They are so too. smart with what to put together. 
different scale of prints, different designs. So I definitely take advantage of their knowledge. Very nice. Um, so finally, I just have a few rapid fire questions for you. So okay. number one, what do you listen to when you're quilting? So if my kids aren't around, um, well, if my kids are around, it's usually like Disney shows, <laughs> but <laughs> if they're not around, I'm usually watching like Netflix. Some kind of true crime thing is popular <laughs> among me. <laughs> nice. So. Uh, what advice would you give to new quilters? I would say just don't be afraid to start because I think no matter how uh, much quilting you've done, you're going to make mistakes and it's, that's how you learn. And so try a new technique, just try it out. If it's not your favorite, that's okay. You don't have to do it again, but at least try it out to see, maybe you'll love it. Oh, I love that advice. It's always good to not be afraid. Um, and what is your go-to color palette? You know, I do love bright colors. I like a good, happy, cheerful color things. I think if I pick one color, I definitely pick blues, like aquas, turquoise, things over anything else. But um, but the bright colors really get me. Yeah. We all need some bright happiness right now, I think. Exactly. Uh, and then last but not least, what is your favorite holiday? Um, you know, I'm just a fan of fall in general. Like, not necessarily one specific <laughs> holiday, but just the cooler air and you know it's just such I don't know it's just a good time and you look forward to Halloween Thanksgiving Christmas all coming up so that would be my favorite excellent well thank you so much for joining us today wow we loved hearing more from Christina about her inspiration behind the quilt along and her tips for making seasonal quilts Christina is a busy lady she sells the cutest patterns on her Etsy shop, has a fun blog and Instagram, just had one of her quilt patterns featured in the new book, Best of Moda Bake Shop, and of course, is still adjusting to her move to Alaska. You have to see her photos. It's insane what her backyard looks like. So visit our show notes for the links to the patterns mentioned in the interview, plus all the ways you can connect with Christina more. She truly is a joy to follow online. Now, before we leave today, I wanted to share a fun opportunity for all of our podcast listeners. At the end of August, we're doing a podcast show about how quilting brings us joy. We'd love to hear a story about how quilting brings joy to your life so we can share it on the podcast. So if you'd like to share please call and leave us a voicemail at 515-257-6870. You can also email us your story or a voice memo at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Have a great week. all and thanks for listening keep in touch american patchwork and quilting is on facebook pinterest and instagram at all people quilt email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast and if you love the american patchwork and quilting podcast please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free and don't forget to rate and review the show it helps other quilters find us have a creative week.